Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming, with your host, Shannon Holiday, and me, Letitia Thomas. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Binge Lists and Box Office Hits. I'm your host, Shannon Holiday, and I'm joined once again by Letitia Thomas. Hey guys, how are you all doing? Very good. Very, Very strange. Good. I can hear, see Shannon on a little screen. Is yes. That, is that freaking you out? I can see myself yeah, recording weird. myself on a GoPro to record this, to watch this later. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. It's like watching someone's podcast on the radio, except I'm actually looking at Shannon at the same time yeah. as looking at that screen. I look down and it's just a footage of yeah. me. It's Weird. very strange. This is going to be a little while in the making, getting these uh, GoPro footage up on the on the website. It's all surreal at the moment. Yeah. We're trying new things. We're trying new things, guys. It's going well. How's your week been, Tish? Um, it's been good. I watched a fair bit of stuff. Um, mm. Got to go to the movies twice. That I don't was, know. That was a good week for that. I feel like I've got my life a little bit more together. Yeah. A little bit better than last week. I think so. <laughs> That's good. Me too. I've um, had a big week, big change for me. Yeah. I changed um, changed day jobs. Yeah. So everyone say congratulations, Shannon, Thank for you. changing your day job. Yay. Um, something I'm very much enjoying so far. It's it's going very well. I'm enjoying the change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to give me a little bit more life balance. So I'm going to try and dedicate a little bit more time to this and get this off the ground a little bit more. It should be good. Yeah. I will. I don't know. I was like, I'll help. I don't know what I'll do. I'll ask anyway. If I'm I need going help. away in a month. I don't know what's happening. You're just planning your trip. I'm not planning anything. I'm just stressing. You are stressing a lot about it. Constant messages about it. Um, okay, Tish. What have we been watching this week? Well, we watched a bit more Russian Doll, which surprised to no one. Um, that's fine. Moving on from that, because I will talk about it at some point. Um, I watched a couple more episodes of The Bear. Yeah, the like new season. Season two. New season two. Yeah. Yep. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um would have binged it had I had nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't have this to do every week, you probably would have finished it off. Yeah. And I was like watching some movies and stuff, but it is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll keep you guys updated as I finish it. Finish it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. Australia got it a lot later than America. America's seen it like a like month two ago. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. 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 So Strange how it's delayed. For me, mm-hmm. the first movie I watched this week was the movie Robots. It's from 2023. It's starring... Shailene Woodley. There you go. I know. I had to make sure I had got that right. Shailene Woodley, Jake Whitehall, um, written and directed by Anthony Hines and Casper Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's basically a movie about like two people and they've created like doppelganger robots of themselves. I watched the trailer this yeah. morning. Yeah, it popped up. It was, it was funny. It was lighthearted fun. Very low budget. Super low budget. So the both of them just play themselves and obviously their doppelganger yeah. robot. Um, and they set each other up to like basically use the robots to be advantageous for themselves. So one of them, like Shailene's character, wants money, like a sugar daddy type situation, but sends the robot to go do the the dates. I respect that. And Jake Whitehall's character is just sends his robot double to go on dates with women, and then when it gets to the point where they sleep with each other, they he swaps <laughs> out. It's yeah, he's like a womanizer type character, and this all goes swimmingly well until they set they meet each other and obviously they've both their doubles yep. meet each other but they the robot doubles have like you know AI and stuff that so they end up falling in love between each other and they go off and elope as robots but they steal the identity of the two people and a comedy ensues and they're on the run to hunt down these two robots it's okay I might look I don't know if it's one I'll definitely watch but Shailene, from the trailer Shailene's it looks the good. standout actress in this like she she acts out everyone on on the screen there a bit better than Jake Whitehall as well because he just does his usual shtick of oh I'm a prim proper British man and there's jokes around that a lot so yeah but she's definitely standout it was very funny I watched another one this week that I believe you also watched mm. um 2001 a space odyssey so it's Stanley Kubrick yeah let's talk about that let's because that's my next one as mm-hmm. well it's 2001 a space odyssey we both decided to yeah. watch this in our own accord, actually. I wanted to watch it because I knew that it was referenced in... Well, I'd been meaning to watch it anyway, but then I knew it was referenced in Barbie. See, I did So didn't. I went, I, I need to have watched this beforehand. Yeah. Just like, you know, two birds, one stone. To get the cultural stone. significance yeah. of the scene. So I like... Look, I enjoyed it in parts. It, it was the, not 
I wasn't in the right headspace to watch it. And sometimes mm. that happens with movies, but I just go through it anyway, just so that I know what I what headspace I need to be into to then rewatch it. Yeah, down the track. I think I understood why it was significant at the time. It doesn't hold up in the same way now. I mean, it holds up visually and everything, but I mean, like culturally significant, worth the watch, doesn't hold up in the same way. I got to agree with you. I wasn't like super captivated by the film, but I can really appreciate what it meant for cinema at the time. Like it's a 1968 film. Mm -hmm. So seeing what they portrayed on screen as like this, like this space dream sequence at the end of the film, the space scenes, the, the, the sound techniques they used for when they're in space was amazing ahead of its time for 1968. But if you look at it now, like we obviously sat down in 2023 to watch it. We're like, oh, okay, it's a bit, it's not amazing. It doesn't stand out. Yeah. Also it's like 2001, a space odyssey yeah. and we're like 2023. Yeah. It's well Somehow past the- <laughs> AI being a threat still significant. I think that um, was probably that was cool. the most part that I took away from it, like uh, the com- the supercomputer HAL 9000 obviously takes over the ship because yep. um, it's AI and it's programmed to do one thing and it thinks that's its main projective, so it kills them, basically. Objective. Kills objective. Yep. Uh, kills one of them and tries to kill the other. It was like that That part was interesting. That kept me watching. Yeah, me too. Because um, it's like a movie in like three bits. Mm-hmm. So you got that opening sequence. Da-da. <laughs> great, great musical score. Fantastic. Oh, I think the- I've heard a lot of that score, like just in daily life, Same. and I didn't realize that yeah, that, that was from, from two thousand and one. That opening sequence with the Dawn of Man is it's it's referenced so many times mm-hmm. in so many different things, and obviously Barbie did it as well. It was just really good to see where like where all that came from, like actually sitting down and watching it and taking it in. I think I first heard about that like the bone scene in like. Mm high school film class yeah. from my high school film teacher. And I just like, that was like 10 years ago. Just you just still haven't seen it. But there's so many films like that. But you know, look, I've done it now. So but yeah. And then the middle chunk of the film is them basically trying to get to Jupiter because they find another monolith on uh, the moon. Yep. And then apparently that sent a sequence, like a signal to Jupiter. So that's why they're on their trip to Jupiter. To see what the whole th- okay. thing is. You took away way more than I did. I was, yeah. Yeah. So that was that. That's why they're on the trip. And then they get to Jupiter and then he goes on his little pod mm-hmm. down to Jupiter. And that's where that whole sequence of lights flashing and different colors, schemes and all that happens for like 10 minutes. And then, yeah, he lands on the planet and then he basically evolves into the next stage of being. Because that is the point of the monolith mm-hmm. is basically it appears because it's supposed to be from an advanced civilization. Yeah. It appears every time that, you know, us as humans take the next evolutionary step. Which is funny because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a couple weeks ago, kind of same theory. Yeah. Which again was like a a pseudoscience reference. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah. So So, I thought that was, it it definitely, you can see the cultural significance in a lot of cinema from this movie. Yeah. So that's why I appreciated it. Did I enjoy it? Not Not really. Yeah. Not really. It's just, it's a hard watch now, 40 odd years on. And some things don't stand the test of time in that, sense but as a piece of cinema mm. the techniques and and all that are still phenomenal mm. yeah so it's yeah. it's good to have seen i'm glad i've seen it yeah if you if you appreciate cinema sit down and watch it and take it in for what it is but it's, you're not going to be like enthralled like it's not a popcorn flick no 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 uh what else did you watch because my next one's a bit out there as well okay we'll go to my next one um well talking about wild movies i watched from dusk till dawn from 1996 it is starring George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Cattell, Juliette Lewis, mm-hmm. Selma Hayek, Cheech Marin, Danny Trejo, and it was bloody fantastic. Oh, I've just realized this is a Robert Rodriguez film, yeah. not a Tarantino film. No, I mean, he, he wrote, wrote it, it but, but it was before he this. was like famous with Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's George Clooney and his brother, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, they, go, they do a, a bank robbery in Texas. They're on the run and what they do is they kidnap this family who have like a um, like a people mover kind of like van um, so they can get across the border. And when they get across the border, they've got to meet with someone to hand off the money and then they'll let the family go on their way and everyone parts ways. They get to where they're going. It's called the Titty Twister. It's this bar in Mexico. And I don't know if you know the whole plot. I haven't seen Revolutionary Change. No. It turns really quickly into like a vampire movie i love that it i have heard bits and pieces so about it so good that like genre change in the middle there wow comes out of left field where did you watch this one it was on stan okay i yeah, might I'm, i don't know if i'll get to it this week 
because I've got a sort of another ambitious week. Yeah. But I'll like add it to the Definitely short list. Add it to your watch list on Stan because it, I I had so much fun with this film. Uh, it yeah, the fact that it changes genres halfway through from like a thriller, like a kidnap thriller movie, to like a vampire horror gore movie. Mm-hmm. So good. I've been meaning to watch like some of Robert Rodriguez's stuff, like the yeah. Machete films and stuff, but yeah. I've just never got around to it. Mm. It feels like, like I wouldn't say it's like horror in terms of like scary horror. Mm-hmm. The, the worst it gets is like Buffy level kind of yeah. like horror sequences where they like have face paint on and it looks like vampires. Like creature feature horror. Yeah, it's really good. Like I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very campy when it needed to be and it's the action when it was needed to be as well. It's really good. Okay, I like I will add it to my short list. Yeah. I have been getting through films. Um, I watched Eight and a Half this week, which mm-hmm. is a Federico Fellini film. Um, I don't know if you've probably not seen a Fellini film. No, I haven't. No. Um, just it's it's like I've seen a couple of his things. I hadn't seen this one, and I've been meaning to because it is like his most famous. And I didn't necessarily get it right when I was watching it. Yeah. But then, like, I went away for like ten minutes, and then I was like. Oh, I get it. Because oh, okay. he's a surrealist filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So nothing's linear. And basically it's the story of a writer-director making a film mm. and everyone's like, hey, what what's this film about? We need to know what it's about. And he's working on the film before he has like a script, kind of those kind of films. Mm-hmm. And so it goes between him stressing about that, him imagining what the film could be about and also him going back to his childhood to find inspiration. Mm. But none of that is like, it's not like, oh, the first part's this, the second part's this, the third part's this. It's all happening at once. Right, so okay. you don't actually know while watching it what bits are his imagination and what bits are oh, happening, okay. what bits are his childhood because it's kind of all thrown at you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had to explain this to a couple of people on like a like a Discord thing. They're like, oh, we've seen this this week. Has anyone seen that? So I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, I'll watch it. Mm. And by explaining it, I kind of understood it. And I was like, holy crap, this is the most genius film I've seen because you don't have to make sense of it to get the experience of it. Yeah, it's so genius. It's one of the, um, like, top 100. Oh, it is? Uh, Where did you watch it? Um, I got this one on Canopy, which is that library service. The library service one, yeah. It's kind of, it's got films that America would watch on their, like, Criterion collection yeah. that we can't access in Australia could, without a, so many good, like, a good, good VPN. And even now it's harder it's, to do that with VPNs. So, yeah. so, yeah, it's got a lot of that. So I watched it on there and I was, like, blown away. But at the time I was like, huh? Yeah, Because okay. I was trying to make logical sense of it. Yeah. But then once I stopped, you kind of just have to go with it. And then it's, like... I'll have to genius, yeah. look it up at least to get an idea of uh, his work and stuff. It's hard to explain. It's definitely the most surreal one of his I've seen. Yeah, okay. Kind of cool. Worth checking out? I think so. If you're into cinema, definitely yeah, worth checking out. I will out. then. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'll move into my next one then. Mm-hmm. I watched Red Eye. I watched this as a teenager. I, I loved it. I quite enjoyed it. It was 2005. It's a... Um, Wes Craven film, so he's oh. well known for the Scream trilogy. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, watching it and knowing that fact, I picked up on so many different like tropes of his. Like, <laughs> there's a big thing in Scream where like they're obviously chasing the victim down, like the the ghost face. Constantly, like things are getting thrown at ghost face, and they'll like get fall over. It's like very slapstick, or like they'll move a chair in the way, and he'll just like fall over, like really, like comically. This happened a lot in Red Eye as well. Like when Rachel McAdams, because it's Rachel McAdams, Cillian Murphy, thriller, and whenever Rachel McAdams is like running away from Cillian Murphy, chairs or like bags will get put in front of him. He'll just go down, just <laughs> absolutely down. I didn't realize he was in it because I saw this like. Silly Murphy, years, yeah. Years, years, yeah. It's one of his first kind yeah. of situational films, like I think after 28 Days Later, like around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. So it's basically, it's a woman is kidnapped by a stranger on a routine flight, uh, threatened by the potential murder of her father. She is pulled into the plot to assist in her, her captor uh, in offing a politician. So they're both on this re- like flight from, I think, LA to Miami or something. She's coming home. From, she's involved with work in a hotel. And Cillian Murphy's like an assassin who organizes for politicians or high people to get killed. And they spark up a conversation in the airport. Like it's really like nice and a little bit flirty. They end up sitting next to each other on the plane. Coincidence? Probably not. And um, it quickly becomes obvious that Cillian Murphy knows who Rachel McAdams is and purposely is sat next to her and needs her to 
make a phone call to move a particular politician who was going to stay in the hotel that night into a different room because he has a plan to basically, in that room, blow up the room. Like it's a plan to kill. It's yep. an assassination. Anyway, it's a whole thriller on the plane. She's trying to like avoid doing it because she just wants someone to die. Yeah, in classic Wes Craven style, it's yeah a little bit comical. And then, yeah, it kind of ends with them getting off the plane and chasing each other down in yeah, Miami. The bit that scared the absolute crap out of my sister, like she still talks about how she hates it because it was on TV and yeah. I think I tuned in and she was like in and out. Um, when he gets the robot pen in the eye for like half of it, or the neck. It's in the throat. I couldn't remember. Yeah, whatever. no, because she's, it's very obvious because it's like, there's enough other like shit scene shots of like people on the plane that you're yeah. like, they're going to obviously come up in the plot a yeah, little yeah. bit later. Like there's a, like a bimbo type character who asks Silly uh, Murphy a lot to like move her bag. So he's constantly getting out of his chair, which kind yeah. of helps. There's an old lady who Rachel McAdams gives a book to That's about right. Dr. Phil who constantly comes and sees her to talk about it. But there's also these like two little teenage boys that constantly seen him. One of them's doodling in his, his little like book, like just drawings and stuff. And um, he's like, oh, bro, did you take my pen? He's like, nah, man, leave me alone. I'm just sleeping. And then, you know, at, towards the end of the film when they're trying to get off, it's obvious she's got the pen yep. and it does that little flick and then straight into the throat. Yeah. <laughs> and it freaks my sister out. I still bring really? it up. Yeah, I love it. It is sitting out of his neck for like a good like 10 yeah. minutes before he rips it out. I loved that. That was like my favorite part of the whole, well, from what then, I remembered seeing way back when. And then just so he like, obviously they didn't have to film with like a hole in his throat yeah. for the rest of the film just to make it easier for like Wes Craven. They, as Cillian Murphy's like running off the plane, he like steals a scarf off that rainbow <laughs> yeah. character and quickly like wraps it around his neck. And then he just talks with like a like a raspy voice, <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Still chases her down. Yeah. I don't know. It was enjoyable. It was very two thousand and five, mm-hmm. and I've been craving movies like that for a little while now, like nineties early aughts, which is why I watched um, from Dust Till Dawn, uh, Red Eye. I was like, yep, this is exactly like the the vibe I want to watch right now. They made a lot of films that were still good, but mm. easy to watch. Exactly, that's what I was after. So yeah, I would recommend it. It's just fun. It's mm-hmm. like a silly, fun thriller. Honestly, it only goes for about 75 minutes. It's over very quickly. I like that. Gets to the point. This is the plot. This is the threat. Watch. That's it. My next one, which I promised I would watch, I watched Seven this week, which is the David Fincher film, you know, two detectives, Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. and then Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Um, and then they're chasing down a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as like his yeah. MO or whatever. Um. I didn't know Kevin Spacey was in it. Yeah. And then he popped up and went, oh, of course, it's Kevin Spacey. Of course, it's him. Um, uh, who's not so hot right now, but that's well, we're going to forget about that because yeah. I don't like. It's 95, isn't it? Give it time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a while ago. Oh, before, before everything scandal, came out. But at yeah. the moment, yeah, look it up. He's kind of in trouble again. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. And I've been meaning to watch it, but then mm. I couldn't find it. It showed up on streaming. But then one of the girls from work, Katie, who I love. Thank you so much, Katie. She found no. She found a. I forgot. I hadn't told you this. No, you haven't. Found a deluxe edition copy at an op shop that's like in pristine condition. Oh wow! And she bought it for me. Yeah. She left it at work for me so that I could watch it. Oh, that's really nice. So that's why I held off a little bit because I knew that she'd done that for me. That's really Um, nice. And also, great choice. So I can't wait film this week to go back and watch all of the like special features stuff because I didn't have time to watch it. Yep. But you know, I really enjoyed it. It's just genius the way that it's done. Yeah. And it's one of those other ones as well where, like, you know, everyone goes, oh, what's in the box? Like That's where the quote yeah, comes from. What's in the box? I knew that. I say it like, all the one, time. <laughs> I didn't know what box it was. Like, I just pictured Brutal, something right? else because yeah. I had no idea. But um, before I – spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen it, just skip over this next, like, 30 seconds. I didn't I didn't know what was in the box, obviously. Mm. But then I was talking to my sister. I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch this movie, Seven, rah, rah. Um, Something's in the box, but it's probably a head. Because, I mean, that's like the worst thing that could be yeah. in the box. And then well, it is. It is, but the way it sets it up is yeah. like very straight to the point. They don't kind of muck around, no, but it's, it still hits. Oh, it hits hard. Which is like, yeah. I mean, David Finch is incredible. What's in the box? And you work out what is in the box and just, yeah, yeah. from there. And then just the setup that he's going to be the final deadly sin. Yeah. I know that was genius. Perfect, right? The last, how the last two sins wrap Revealed? the whole yeah. thing together. Yeah. Yeah, really well done. It's just a really, and really good story. And it opens on one that just, oh, it's so brutal that first yeah. one with like gluttony. Yeah. Um, Not because of the dude or anything, just what that, that would have been. how it sets up. Yeah. How gritty is that room as well? Oh, like, it's so full on. It's gross. Yeah. They're all pretty bad. Like the guy, yeah. the, the guy that's getting starved for like mm-hmm. months. Oh, 
for like years. It was is like it, a, it years? was over a year, yeah. Oh my the first God. photos were taken and then yeah, like, he's right. not dead, he's alive. And you just like, there's that jump scare where yeah. he like wakes up. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, I did yeah. too. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, so full on. Very good film. But yeah. yeah. Anyone that hasn't seen it, check it out. It's it's one of those staple films that you've got to got to see. And that was pretty much all I watched apart from Barbenheimer, which we're about to get into. We'll I get think. into that in a little bit later. I got one left. Okay, go on. I got one left. I watched, um, this is because of, and my friend Andy has been pestering me for, literal years to watch this film. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And it's one of those ones where it's, it was on the background. I just never went out of my way to watch it. I've been talking to him about doing an episode with me when you're away overseas. So he's going to be one of the special guest stars. He's like, all right, if I do it, you need to watch The Princess Bride. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. I respect that. Also, Andy, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Oh, really? You haven't watched it either? Okay, he's going to say something to you then. Uh, well, he can, Andy. Right in. Right in. Right in, Andy. So, yeah, this one, I watched The Princess Bride, 1987. Uh, stars Carrie Elves, uh, Robin Wright, and they're introducing Robin Wright, so it was one of her first films. Okay. Manny Patinkin, um, and also it's got Andre the Giant, Billy Crystal's in it. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it for Billy Crystal. And Fred Savage. Nice. Young little Fred Savage. It's a like it's one of those iconic films, but it just wasn't in my childhood, so I feel like I'm not going to yeah. love it the well, same way as just everyone does. my childhood. Yeah. I just didn't catch it. Um, it's directed by Rob Reiner. And oh, what else has he done? The name you know what he look look him up. Look up a picture of him because you'd be like, oh, that guy. I didn't realize he was even a director. I've seen him in films before, and I was like, oh, Jesus, he directed this. He directed a bunch of different stuff as well. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, there's that kind of open up the door. So this one was written by William Goldman, which is based on the book The Princess yeah. Bride. So he's obviously did the screenplay as well. It's basically a fairy tale. Um, the beautiful Princess Buttercup and the dashing Wesley must overcome staggering odds to find happiness amid six-fingered swordsmen, murderous princes, uh, rodents of unusual size. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, trust me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's massive rats that they attack. It's very good. Uh, but even death can't stop these true lovebirds from triumphing. Is it worth the watch, Shannon? I enjoyed it. Okay. Yes, it was very fun. It's very fun. It's very fantasy world esque. Um, yeah, like never ending story type. Th- that's that's yeah. the feel that you get from it. So if you do enjoy those type of films, definitely check it out. It's it's just fun. It's definitely eighties, but it's it's a lot of fun. I will watch it at some point because yeah. I feel like I'm going to get crucified from but, Andy. From Andy, <laughs> um, it's set up in a way where it's like. So the opening scene is is this boy who's like sick at home, sitting in bed, just playing a few video games. He's apparently sick. His grandfather comes over to read him a book, and he's like, oh, "I don't want to, you know, want you to read this book. I'm, you know, not in the mood." And then he's like, "Well, I read it. My dad read it to me. I read it to your dad. Now it's my time to read it to you." And that's Fred Savage as the boy, and it opens up and he reads the book. So it's it's ending up like it's a it's a storybook. It's a fairy tale, yeah. and then it kind of reads through. It cuts back to them every now and then with certain parts and that happen in the story. And as it goes along, you can see like Fred Savage's character get more involved with what's happening. He's like, no, this can't happen. This has to happen. And then it's like, yeah, at the end, he really appreciates the story. I have to watch it. I used to make my grandma read me stuff all the time. Yeah. It's very heartfelt. It's very good. I'm glad I watched it. It's worth checking out. Okay. Yeah. Well, Andy, I'll tell you when I've watched it. (laughs) He'll appreciate that. I know. Yeah. Um, If that's all from what we've been watching, Uh I think it's time to get into some trivia this week. so. We're going to do a little bit more trivia this week because the news is pretty empty. Yeah, there was a lackluster week with news. So when we get to that, it won't be too much. So we're going to do four trivia each. Okay. As of 2021, how many times has Daniel Day-Lewis won the Academy Award for Best Actor? Three? Yeah. Three, yeah. yeah. I thought it was either three or four. I can't tell you what films they mm. were, but I know it's been a couple. Yeah, that guy's incredible. I Such think, an incredible character actor. I don't think I've seen him in anything recently. No, I've seen him in Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. He's like the villain in that and chilling, absolutely chilling. So I don't think what he's even been in. He was in Phantom Thread uh-huh. and um, The Last of the... Mohicans? Yep. I remember him from The Crucible they made us watch at school. Well, he's in that as well. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. That has um, Winona Ryder in it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be worth checking out. But yeah, no, he's he's a great character actor. He's very, um, he, he shies away from the public eye. So yeah. no one really knows much about him because he doesn't do any like press. Uh, press I respect anything. that. He's like, I do my acting, that's it. And I go home. Then I go home. Will Smith won the 2021 Academy Award for Best Actor for his role playing Who's Father? Serena Williams. 
Was it Serena and Venus? Yeah. So yeah, you got. Is that twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. Because then twenty twenty two last year. Yeah. in twenty twenty two. I'm like trying to remember what year that, that infamous Academy Awards yeah. ceremony. Which singer won the nineteen eighty seven Academy Award for Best Actress for their role in the movie Moonstruck? Is it Cher? Uh-huh. Yes. I've not seen it, but I've I been meaning either. to. I, it's genius. I haven't seen it. I was wild guess there as well. Who won the Academy Award for Best Actress for their portrayal of Queen Elizabeth II in the movie The Queen? Is it Blanchett? No. Oh, well. You can have a guess. second guess. Do you have anyone else you want to? I'll give you a hint. Uh-huh. They were the narrator in Barbie. Oh, Helen Mirren. It was Helen Mirren. Okay. Well, I don't really get that one. It could have been a few people. Which actress played the character of Sandy in the movie Grease? Why do I have a mind blank? Yeah, I'm like. I have a mind blank. It's gone. Can you, can you give me anything? No, else? I know who it is, but I can't Stop say Stop giving name. me facts. Come on. She is in. I know she's Australian. I know yeah, who she is. I, it's Olivia Newton-John. There you go. My brain was empty. I know. I was like, I can't have you lose this on the on <laughs> My air. brain was empty. <laughs> I had nothing. You did get I there. knew who it was I too. I could see them. I, I could see them. I was like, oh my uh, God, am I Yeah, go on. <laughs> having a brain aneurysm? <laughs> can you have any other types of aneurysms? I don't know. I think you can. If you're a medic or someone calling. Please write in. <laughs> what is the name of the fictional nation where the Hunger Games is set? Uh, the cap. Capital, or is it like the actual whole nation? They want the whole nation. Um, oh god, it starts with P. Yeah, it is. It's like um, Panem. Yes, yes, I was about to say it sounds like an American airline. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it. All I could think of was um Pangaea, which is what the world was before. I was like, that's not it. That's keep going. Keep 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 close. Olivia Newton John. <laughs> um, in which country is the Sound of Music set? Austria. Yes. Thank God I watched that recently. I was like, it's not German. <laughs> I know. German. Yeah, and I'm like, not in Germany. <laughs> South Pacific was set during which war? Oh, God. Um, it, it wasn't a world war, was it? You just give, uh, give me nothing. Is it World War One, Two? It was two. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> it was two. I haven't I watched like, that South movie Pacific. since I was like maybe like three or four. I haven't seen it. But I was like, oh, South Pacific. Well, maybe I was older. Surely it would be about like... That whole region. Well, no, because it's set. I don't know. I can't remember. Like, I need to watch. <laughs> There's a lot of older films I need to watch. It's one of those ones where I can't remember where it's set, but it, like right now, but it, the the name of the place has now changed. Like it's one of those. Right, yeah. So okay. I was like trying to, yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, that was trivia. We that was good fun. Average. <laughs> we did. We always do average. <laughs> we know some things and then not others that we should know. Um, we'll get into the news now mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll, read through this one little snippet of news. There's we'll really, there's not a lot going on. discuss it anyway. Um, Marvel Studios have released a full story trailer online for the next feature film, The Marvels, which releases in cinemas on November 10. Uh, this is a reminder to the audience that three Disney Plus tie-in TV shows will need to have to be viewed to know who or what in, are the characters up to since the release of Captain Marvel. These are WandaVision, Miss Marvel, and Secret Invasion. Yay. More yep. work. It's more work, but it's also like when this probably inevitably doesn't do well, let's see what Disney tries to blame it on. Yeah. Because having to watch three tie-in TV shows for a movie sequel that came out two years, three years ago. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's It's a lot for the audience to kind of. It's not like you're asking someone to tune in to maybe two or three, two hour, two, three hour movies. It's like probably 30, I would say 30 hours of TV viewing minimum before you can go watch it. Absolutely. And. I mean, it's enough to ask the the audience these days just to watch the first movie. And I'm not just saying the, for, you know, Captain Marvel, yeah. but like the way that franchises are, it's like there's a lot of them these days. You look at Fast and Furious, it's like probably not everyone has seen all of them to go see Fast X. But like the way the MCU is going, it's like it's basically you got homework to do to watch a goddamn film. And I yeah. think it's just getting to the point where it's they need to go back and look at what made Marvel so good in the beginning and and what has changed since then. Yeah. What what differences are happening? I'm not saying this film's going to be bad. It, actually, the trailer actually looked pretty decent. I'm pretty keen for it. But I think the way that it's going, I just think, yeah, the way it's too much of a cash grab. And I think if they had like one, like, okay, going back to the early days when they started doing TV with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which didn't do well, but forgetting whether it was good or bad. Mm. If they'd incorporated that well, it's like you've got one TV show that gives you a little bit of extra information about... yeah. Like and it the didn't ins have and outs. 
a huge effect on the overarching no. movie. I think it should have had more. It didn't. But say if they had just one, then people would have time to tune into the TV yeah. show in between the movies coming out and keep up with yeah, exactly. the little ins and outs and get like a reward basically. Yeah, an incentive to watch. Rather than be forced into watching homework before you watch a film. It feels that way. Because yeah. even like I'm – I'm look, I'm a fan of MCU. I definitely will agree with the masses when I say that the quality is really dropped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've watched the f- one episode of Secret Invasion. I'm not rushing out to watch the rest. I want to, but it's like I've got a life, and it's gonna be the same with like. And I'm you know one of those dedicated watchers of TV and, and movies and stuff. The general you know public is yeah. not gonna probably watch half of these before they see the Marvels, and they'll be like, "Who's this character?" Also, they're ex- what? Wh- where are they? Where did they get here? They're expecting everyone to have a streaming subscription, which not everyone that exactly has. Right? Yeah. So it's. Yeah, you're expecting everyone to get in on it, which unfortunately not everyone is in on streaming. No. No, or they pick and choose which one mm-hmm. they're, you know, subscribed to at a certain time because of the cost, the way the uh, cost of life is yeah. going. They might pick one one month and one the next. So it's, yeah, it's just an expectation to have this streaming service. Like WandaVision's been out for like two years now or like a year and a half since it came out. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Like it was the first TV show one for MCU. So the ex- expectation to watch that and know what's going on in the Marvel's movie, it's just a lot to expect from your audience. And this is why the Disney CEO is very out of touch. Mr. Bob Iger. Mr. Bob Iger. Because he'll inevitably go, well, why did that fail? Because I have a feeling it won't do as well as they expect it to. No. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad film, but it probably won't reach the projected totals it's going well, to. Well, I think it's like even we were talking about having seen um, Indiana Jones the other Mm. month or week or whenever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, and that it, it it was predicted to do super, super, super well, and it should have because there's not that much to watch. It's Indiana Jones. Mm. Most people's dads at least have seen some of it yeah. and forced their kids to watch a few and, someone has, you know, whatever. Someone has inevitably seen one Indiana Jones yeah. in their lifetime. And the fact that even that sort of flopped. But that's the thing, though. Like, I think the way that we were discussing that is, like, it flopped, but it still made, like, a lot of money. And that's the thing. The idea of a flop now is so different to it, what it used yeah, to be. Yeah, like it's for this for Indiana Jones to make any site to kind of money, it would need to make like five hundred, six hundred million dollars. It was never gonna be one of those films that's like, you know, Avatar or, you know, Spider Man or one of those that are gonna be in, across the billion dollar mark. And so it was always gonna be inevitably a flop. And I've even though it made a lot of money. Sorry. Sorry. No, I kept we talking keep about okay. It. Um for everyone at home. But no, like we've I've been talking to people lately and and I keep hearing this like, oh, I'm not in a rush to watch things at the cinema anymore because eventually it's going to come to streaming That's and then it. I don't have to pay any extra money. And like with um, DVD releases mm. or you go to the video store and you pay a couple bucks and whatever. Mm. Like you had to make an, make an effort to watch these things. So you go, oh, I'll see it either in the cinema or I'll wait till it comes out and mm. still spend the same, roughly the same amount of money yeah. and own it. But now it's like, well, I'm already paying for Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So it's not an added expense. Well, that's how I'm and probably going to watch The Flash or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to go to streaming probably pretty soon. I'm like, I didn't see it at the cinema because I was never going to. And that's the thing. Like, it, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. But look. Yeah. I don't run Hollywood. <laughs> no. If only they listened to our podcast and come up with our ideas. Hire me. Hire me. Someone hire me. Actually, no. Now's not the right time. You won't pay me anything. Um, Wait till after the strike's done. Yeah. Then hire us. It'll be great. Uh, moving on, because that was our only bit of news for this week. Was, I looked hard. It was not There's much. There's not much. It it's just kind of like, happening. oh, everyone's a bit scared about the strike. Nothing's happening. Yeah, it was, you know, obviously. Barbenheimer. Yeah, which is what we'll get into now. So the main topic of the week is Barbenheimer. Yes, which it is, is. If you're playing at home, it's the release of Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day, July 20 or slash 21st if you're in America. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, we didn't. We didn't do a double feature. Neither of us did a double feature, just because our lives didn't dictate that we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up seeing Barbie on the Thursday night. I saw it the Thursday. You saw Arbo, it the Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then we both went and saw Oppenheimer Saturday last, night, yeah. which is last, last night for us. Yeah. yeah. Initial thoughts on. Let's start with Barbie. Okay. Let's go there because it's all there. Th- then we'll move into Oppenheimer. All right. So for everyone that's listening at home doesn't know, I never had Barbies as a kid, so I had no no like allegiance to Barbie. No. I don't know if I've been more excited to see a movie in a like I don't can't remember the last time I was this excited to see a film. Yeah, and it lived up to all of the hype. I thought. Yeah, it was um, it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm like you know what? No notes, no notes. It was like perfect in my opinion. 
It just knew what it needed to be. That's like, what I it mean. Was, like it, they did what they did. Yeah. In such a way that I don't know if anyone else apart from Greta Gerwig could have pulled that off because it's so hard to make a film that is a quote unquote feminist piece. And it was. But have it, and and it's very much very much driven so. that way. But it doesn't feel it forced. doesn't feel forced in any way, shape, or form. No, it's not like one of those tacked in scenes like no. Avengers Endgame. Like so hard to do. I don't know how she managed to nailed it. Nail it, but she did. Um, like props to Greta Gerwig. Like honestly, yeah. Everyone in this was fantastic. So many amazing. So Margot Robbie, people. absolutely. Like, honestly. I think she's getting less props than she deserves for how she, she portrayed Barbie. Like, everyone's like, Ken, and don't wrong. I love Ken. Ken, so Ken was much. amazing for a different reason but for this For a film. different reason, but yeah. I think everyone give props to, like, Margot, Margot Robbie as well. did so well on, like, yeah, projecting that, like, I'm a doll, but I want to have real feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, there's more to life than, you know, leaving me in a box yeah. type character. In and I th- I think she sort of portrayed each stage that Barbie was going through like yeah perfectly like you could tell even without costume at what phase Barbie was like feeling a little more human is kind yeah. of what happens like and you could see it as it was happening without her having to do anything yeah but just like sort of on the face it was great I the set design oh my god give them give them so many academy awards they did <laughs> give them something oh. for this because it was crazy it was so nuts yeah, just the details, like the little details of like even the floor had like bees like in the carpet yeah. and stuff. Um, just the way her like her house was like definitely one of the dream houses. The little Easter eggs that were thrown in there was crazy. Um, like when they went and saw Weird Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, Kate McKinnon, who phenomenal, McK- phenomenal role. She nails comedy. She just gets it. The dog. Yeah. The dog that the um, pooping dog. The pooping dog is actually one of the products they released. Yeah. I never had that. No, well you didn't have any. No. I just thought it was really good. The little Easter eggs there, like um yeah, there was like background stuff as yeah. well of like um I think it was like a sandcastle of like Pegasus, like the unicorn that Barbie rides sometimes. I yeah, think, yeah, and they had like the Dua Lipa with the mermaid Barbie, mermaid which Barbie. looks tackier because it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, just even and John Cena is the Ken yeah. version. <laughs> just down to like the design of her dream house where they'd have some, some stuff like the 2D decal and then mm. the, the 3D stuff and how, you know, like she gets in the shower, there's no water. She's yeah. having her breakfast, but she's not eating she's her not breakfast. It's just in front of her. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is just. The smart because that's how people yeah. play with Barbie dolls it just, is how, that's how her life was. How they managed to capture that essence, but then also make it like a, a film with a like deep story a deep story yeah. third act also like incorporate everything else mm. in it be social commentary but also like so enjoyable to watch yeah as i i think i said to you after yeah. i um i got back that evening and i was like oh that that scene where america ferrera does that like monologue mm-hmm. where she just talks about the way that like basically women are treated yeah. in this day and age. That was phenomenal. Mm. That was a standout. Like that went for like two, three minutes. Greta always has these incredible monologues that she gives yeah. her actors. Like there was one in Lady Bird. There was yeah, another one in right. Little Women. Little well, probably a couple in Little Women, but just like they got, it punch you yeah. in the gut. Because it was so <sighs> true. Like you just don't want to accept that truth though, I guess yeah, as well. It's like just, it's, it's a brutal, like she talks about the brutality of, existing like mm. not to be like a political but we're going to be because it's a political film being it like was, a woman but it was shown in a way in like as it every humanizes it, it human, they humanize the way that obviously f- women are treated like yeah. especially when barbie first went to the real world and she's like skating along and mm-hmm. they go to that construction site and they're like hey we need directions yeah to like all these like construction workers cat called she and- cat called and <laughs> Just a little like sly comment, like who would have thought like a construction site at lunchtime would be yeah <laughs> be like this. And I love when they first enter the real world, her and Ken, and they're on the rollerblades and they're down on um the the, the pier yeah. down in Santa Monica, and um they're talking about how much attention they're getting, and mm. and she's like, oh, I, I, I feel, feel uncomfortable. And Ken's like, I don't, I yeah. love this, and it's so just, everyone like eyes on me. Yeah, He's like has the complete opposite effect, and it's like, yeah, it's like kind of what it, that's exactly. And what I loved like. how they managed to like you know flip it. Like Ken comes to the real world. He's like, I want power. Yeah, but he is is very like typical like oh the patriarchy, but like missing the entire point mm-hmm. of the fact that they're fine on their own in Barbie Land. Actually, like yeah. they've they got it. Like they're respected. They can do whatever the hell they yeah. want. They still loved whatever, but they just like lose their absolute minds. That is amazing scene where he he <laughs> goes into that office foyer yeah. and he sees like all these screens that show all like basically 
America. <laughs> America, like guns, horses, and like big cars. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> men. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he quickly like takes that ideal back to Barbie land. Yeah. Which is kind of like the catalyst for the rest of the movie kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he's like, no, I, I need to bring the patriarchy to it. And yeah. then, yeah, just so well, so well done. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. I'm just Ken. <laughs> that song. So, so good. On I listened repeat. to it this morning. It's so good. Yeah. The soundtrack uh, is really, really yeah. good. Really stand out. And I just like, I just thought the whole thing is just genius. Yeah. Down to like when they have their like sort of plan to take back Barbie land or whatever. Yeah. And um, they're like, I'm just going to play guitar at you. And it's like oh Matchbox 20. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to play the guitar at you. <laughs> and she's like, yay. <laughs> and then they just like tear them down by like giving them a little less attention. And yeah. then they start a war. Yeah, basically between just, all the Kens. Yeah. yeah. And then at that time, that's when they're voting to yeah. get back the power. But they forget. But the men forget. War. It's very good. It was funny watching that and then going into Oppenheimer, mm. um, which is a film on war. <laughs> very different. <laughs> very different. Did you see in Variety today um, the fact that Greta Gerwig was asked to cut a pivotal yeah, scene? Yeah, I wanted to bring um, this up. In the film, it was the scene where Barbie's at a bus stop mm-hmm. and she looks across and it's this old lady just sitting there by herself and she just looks at her and she's a really heartfelt like moment between the two of them and then she just goes, oh, you're really beautiful yeah. to the old lady. And just kind of sits, like nothing else really happens in that scene besides like that kind of mm-hmm. said and then it kind of moves on to the next part of the plot. Um, yeah, TV, like the movie execs basically wanted to, to cut that because they were like, it's pointless. Yeah, and, and she's like, I don't know why I'm making a movie if I don't include it. Which is, it yeah, is if, I cut, if I cut that, I don't know why heart. I'm making this film. And it is because it's this idea that Barbie is stereotypical Barbie. Mm. So her programming is stereotypical. Mm. And then she just goes through it and she just sees basically just, a lady who's just existed and yeah. is quite happy and content yeah. on her own. Yeah. And she's just, yeah, struck by the, just the beauty and the simplicity of just existing. Yeah. Which sort of then sends her like, you know, it's like we're sort of in a spiral, but like, I don't want that scene cut. I love that scene. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It made sense yeah, being in the film. because that, that added to the heart. And this f- movie has yeah. a lot of heart. And what I found for was a f- for a movie that's like, you know, a bit of yeah. fun. It's making a social commentary. It's got so much heart as well. What I found super interesting was, I was <laughs> sorry, mom, if you're listening, but um, I was talking to her this week and about it, and she was talking about how, oh yeah, I didn't want you to have Barbies and this, this, and this, and that, and then she started going on about like you know the beauty ideals, and oh. I was like, I think mom's just heard that along the line and thought that's what she was yeah. thinking because I was like, we never talked about that, but it's true, like because part of the criticism of Barbie has always been like, oh, it's giving girls unrealistic body images, yeah. but I never got that from playing with a Barbie. I got that because adults told me that playing with Barbies we'll do that. would do yeah, that so to me. so it's not the actual yeah. dolls themselves. Which I found super interesting because he sort of talks about that in the film. Well, they did have the midge. Midge. <laughs> they did have the midge one. Midge didn't sell. <laughs> midge didn't sell well because no one really wants a pregnant Barbie. Barbie. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's Yeah, yeah. just I thought it was genius. Yeah. And I think – I don't think there's another film – that's done what that did so well. And I don't know if anyone else I was could do it. pleasantly surprised. I didn't really know what I was going to go into. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be fun because of what I've seen in yeah. trailers and that, but I didn't expect to have that much fun while watching it. Yeah. Like just the whole tone was incredible. I don't know how she did it. Yeah. Because it's funny, but also like Has meaning. deep. And Has meaning. yeah, this isn't for kids. No, um, not for kids. If you're listening and you've got kids and you think, oh, like I've got young girls or something, they might want to go watch the Barbie movie, they're probably, it's going to go over their head. Mm-hmm. A lot of the commentary, the social commentary, it just won't make sense. No, because they haven't lived as yeah. a woman, which is kind of the whole point of yeah. it. Yeah, It's definitely for, it's for adults. Or it's an not, adult film. It's a PG yeah. film for adults. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you, if kids watched it, nothing's going to ruin them. No. But it's, I, they're not going to enjoy Except it. Except for maybe that last line. Well, yeah, no. it's not too bad. No, it's really not that bad. That was genius. That was really good. I did not expect that one no, and neither. I was so pleasantly surprised. It was good. It was a great film. Anything else stand out that you can say about it before we move on to I Oppenheimer? I don't think so. I just think everyone's performance was incredible and everyone needs a shout out, but there's too many names to shout them all out. Yeah, everyone is. Everyone in this is great. Yeah. And there's so many big names there's as well. So many brilliant bits. Yeah. Oh, um, the Alan when he's like, oh. no one notices if Alan goes into the real world. All of NSYNC. Look at NSYNC. All Alan. <laughs> made so much sense. <laughs> that and, was, oh, which like, made no sense because I don't know what that meant. But as I was watching the movie, NSYNC, it made so much sense. All Alan. You know what I mean? Like crazy. <laughs> you know, it made so much <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah. Oh. John's, um, sorry, Michael Sarah played that oh, so well. I love Michael Sarah. He's fantastic. Uh, well, if that's going to wrap it up. I think, yeah, that's pretty much Barbie. about it. But also just like 
I think what made it good, just to throw that back in, because I was just thinking about it. Yeah. Greta Gerwig is, she's done her homework on cinema. Mm-hmm. So I watched like uh, this clip of her talking about all of these films that yeah. influenced her. And so much is all this like, like really old early Hollywood stuff that yeah, she took okay. inspiration from, which I thought like is genius. And that I think is why it holds up in the way that it does in mm. the way she was able to pull off everything that she did is because she understands where mm. we've come from. Um, I don't think this will get best picture like noms, but I think it'll get no. like a best like original screenplay and things like that. Cause I it's such an original idea. Yeah. Um, and production design and stuff like that. Like it'll be up for a lot of other awards. Um, it doesn't have the feel for best, best picture. picture. No, no. It has, They're more highbrow. Yeah, which, which is maybe, what we're going to probably get into with the next yeah. film when we talk that a little bit more with Oppenheimer. Um, I loved it. Greta Gerwig did a phenomenal job and I'll probably see it again a few times. I would, yeah, I can't wait to buy it and just yeah, watch same. it repeatedly. I think it repeatedly. was very good. <laughs> Moving on to our next film. Part of the Barbenheimer mm-hmm. double act is Oppenheimer. I really enjoyed this one. I yeah. wasn't so sure last night. I know. I, I asked you the question. I came off like a week of work and then like a busy Saturday. So I my brain was fried. Yeah. And then you went into a three hour dense film. Yeah. Very dense. It's very opposite to Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I wasn't comparing the two. No, you, you, can't. you, you can't. You honestly can't. They're completely different films for a different, mm-hmm. made for a completely different reason. I thought this is probably one of the, best films I've probably seen honestly okay I I was captivated the entire three hours just the the way of the the storytelling itself the acting is phenomenal from Cillian Murphy honestly just incredible he's he's gonna win best actor like no question same with this this is gonna win best picture no question you know who I loved in this film actually Florence yeah but no like forgetting that um, was Robert Downey Jr. Because yeah, I haven't gonna, seen him do dramatic stuff for a long time. I've seen him do his smarmy little Iron Man shake. Yeah, which is fine because that worked for 10 years. 10, 20 years, how long it's been. It feels yeah. like forever. Um, but actually getting to see him yeah. like act. Yeah, he, he, that, you could tell he, he was finally the chains are off. Like yeah, he was unleashed. That really impressed me because I don't think I've seen a lot of his stuff he's prior done, to he's done Iron the Man. judge, I think. Don't get me wrong. I know it. he's done yeah. stuff. But I don't think I've seen a lot of it. So getting to see him, yeah, I reckon he'll win best supporting new, actor as well. That yeah. was yeah, I was like delighted. I didn't understand half of what was going on when he was on screen. I've gone back and looked at it, and I yeah, understand uh, exactly yeah. who he is now. Um, Very dense film, like yeah. I said. Like it's um, it's so laid. Like it's it's cutting across such a big chunk of history, and, and so much happens in that. You time don't know frame. sort of all the like players of that yeah. time. It is going to be t- it's going to be a rough little bit up. gets murky, which yeah. it did, but. In hindsight, like you're able to digest it a bit better, or yeah. at least for me, given. Yeah. It's basically like it's cut between like three different things happening. Yeah. Like it's between like a hearing that's in black and white, which is where Robert Downey Jr. is kind of presenting stuff that happened with Oppenheimer in the past. Mm-hmm. Then you get most of the chunk of the movie, which is what's his like life and lead up to the Manhattan Project. And, and then there's another one with him getting kind of like – it's like interviewed about getting his security clearance renewed. Yeah. And they go through basically all the events with like him, like making a statement on that as well. Yeah. So it's like three kind of parts to it and they kind of intercut the whole way through yeah. when they need to have that information kind of like, you know, told to the audience. Phenomenal. I just, ugh, so much I can say about this film, like the editing techniques where it's like, space shots or like you know like yeah, energy like montage. Shot, yeah between like how he's thinking like if he's like you know had a thought process that's like really like sitting with him like he'll cut do a really quick cut of like yeah it was like, like the, the sun doing the like fission. a solar flare yeah. or like a fission or like an explosion of like atoms at each other really quickly then back to him i will say too you don't have to understand a lot about chemistry to watch Not it a, yeah they yeah. kind of they the gist yeah they give you the gist as they're going like yeah you're gonna need to know this for this next scene. So they kind of explain it as like a physicist who would be talking to a student. Yeah. Yeah. It was so it's, cleverly it's, done. Yeah. Very cleverly done. The scene for me, which I talked about with you, I think last night that was so standout was when it was the lead up to the release of the Trinity bomb. Yeah. That is, there's that five minute kind of lead up where the music is just slowly, slowly building and building this level of anxiety. And I was feeling it too in the cinema. Yeah, me too. I think I looked at you briefly. I was like, yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah. And because like, I see this in a cinema because the sound, you, you, have, you to. have to. It's yeah. just phenomenal. Like everyone's like rushing around to get this organized. It was obviously raining the night before when this bomb was supposed to go off the next day. So they're all like panicking and stuff. Are they 
you know, a safe distance away. They're also worried about this chain reaction where it's going to be like an atmospheric blast that they weren't sure about at the time in history. So there's a lot of like panic around and the, the tension that builds throughout the, the, use, the use of sound and, and the, the composition builds to this point where it leads up to a countdown and then it gets to like one and then silence. Yeah, it was beautiful. As the bomb goes off. Yeah. And it's just like light and just the the visual yeah. effects and it just stays silent for like what, like a minute or it's two? It's so stunning. And then you just and hear then the you roar. Hear this huge yeah. rush of an explosion and you feel it too. I like felt that. I was like, oh my God. So well edited. Yeah, I'm this is one that I, I do really want to rewatch yeah. just to really follow who's doing who's what. Who's doing what. Cause yeah, like if it is it's a hard film to watch. You yeah. have to really be committed to appreciate it. Yeah. I don't mean that like you know you won't enjoy you it, but I just be, mean to enjoy it the right way. Yeah, be in the right frame of mind. Go into it ready for a dense film. Yeah, you just got to be in the right frame of mind. You can't go off the back of like you know. Oh, I'll half put this on and check yeah, it no. out. Yeah, you can't. You won't. You won't appreciate it. If you have a chance, don't go right after a week of work. But you know, <laughs> we have work to do. So, um, yeah. star-studded cast. Like there is so many so names many people to in throw it. into this. Like, um, just everyone from everything is in this. Really. Yeah, even like from Juno, you've got um the girl oh, from yeah, Juno. Yeah, like right. the best friend. Yeah. She's in it as like a yeah. one of like three women in this whole film. Randomly, like. Rami Malek is yeah. in it um, for like a few scenes. Uh, Casey Affleck mm-hmm. was in as like one particular character who's huge. Kenneth uh, Branagh mm-hmm. as one of the characters. Um, yeah, Josh Harnett. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't done anything for a while, but I was like, he had a pretty pivotal role in it. Yeah, there's a lot of people in it. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. A it, couple of people from old time Nickelodeon too. Weird. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Guy that was the, in Drake and Josh. Can't think of his name. The boy Josh, out of Hereditary. Josh? I think so. Or is that his character name? Character name. It it's correct character name. Nickelodeon did both. Anyway, he's in it. He's in it. Um, yeah, the dude from um, Hereditary, who was also like big on Nickelodeon at the time, in the yeah, two thousands. So that was like a weird. Matt Damon Matt played Damon. a pretty big role in this. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was in it, which you were like, which one was Gary Oldman? I'm like, he's the president. And now and looking like, back, what? I can tell. Yeah, yeah it was a yeah. lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> he's <is laughs> the president. Was very very tired. Um, so this was filmed, you know, in the traditional IMAX kind of uh, filming techniques, uh, proper old school. Um, there's no IMAX theater around in Brisbane, so unfortunately didn't get to see it in in the way that was probably perfectly intended. I'd love to see it in IMAX, but there's none in. What can you do? You know. Yeah, what can you do? Um, did you see that the film reel for the IMAX film reel was 11 miles long? No. That certain c- cinemas had to readjust their uh, projection room to make room for this reel. Holy crap. There's a picture of it online. If you go look up like um, Oppenheimer IMAX reel, it's yeah. monstrous because it is a three hour film, but it's just, you know, <laughs> so it's a lot. Yeah. It's hectic. Um, well, yeah, worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing. The Both these films, I think I gave Barbie a four and a half and I gave this five out of five. So mm-hmm. I don't like comparing the two. That's what I mean. Like but I gave them four and a half and five for different reasons. I like they're not the same. What I think. Where I got the most impressed, if we are going to compare them, which mm. makes no sense, mind you, I think I was impressed with Barbie more in that I couldn't imagine any other director in the yeah. history of time pulling that off. Oppenheimer, I've seen some films that are as Similar, good yeah. about the same kind of topic. Yeah. And that's the only reason where I will separate the, the two. two. And yeah. not even comparison because that's weird. And I don't think one's better than the other, but that's sort of the main sort of, Mm -hmm. that's where I differentiate the two if you're comparing them is like, I can. that's where I got impressed by it more so only in that regard. Apart from that. They're both. I truly can't. They're both phenomenal. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Incredible. He's incredible director. He's a big name too. Huge name. Like you go Christopher Nolan, people watch it just for his name. That's what I reckon. Like, no, not half of it, but there's a big, strong following to go see a Christopher Nolan film. In a, to compare them, because we are, I want to see Greta Gerwig as that someday. I would love that. Because she is with people this that would probably care. Be, this will be, the um, I think, the stepping stone for her. I hope so. Because I think this She's is going to go to Narnia now. I saw which that. Which she's scared of, which... That's well, a, the, it's a the huge fantasy. Good it's a franchise. Filmmaker yeah. is they are scared. Excited, but yeah. also scared because they understand... Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Narnia. But I watched the original films and they were okay. I wouldn't say they're amazing. yeah, it wasn't my favorite. So I think with Greta Go, we get the helm. It will probably do better than the first. I one. don't know. I think. I so. hope so. I think. I think so. she'll do it justice. But like you said, if she's got love of Hollywood, then she will. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see how she reimagines it. But anyway, yeah. that's a complete side note. Um, anything else for Oppenheimer? Or- I don't think so. I was very impressed. Actually, no, I loved the ending where you get to see what Einstein said yes, to him and then that, that wraps. I love when films wrap up in a There's a little thing way. at the front of the movie and then yeah. right at the end you get what was. Yeah, yeah. and even that moment when the, uh, I don't know who he was, one of the characters that was supposed to be on the side of Danny Jr.'s character mm. goes, you know what, I actually wasn't there. I don't know what he could have said. It could Maybe it just wasn't about you. Yeah, and that kind of, um, that he didn't like that because he he's very like egotistical. And what made me laugh, again, because we're, not comparing the two, but Barbie was on their mind because of Barbenheimer. Yeah. The whole plot of Barbie. And then you go watch Oppenheimer and it's like, maybe it wasn't about you. It's one man. And I was <laughs> like, like, oh my God, this is incredible. I'm just Ken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just Ken. You can be incredible on your own, Ken. I just um, love, I love. I loved it. I love, for Oppenheimer for me, it was the fact that he portrayed his like moral, mm-hmm. you know, his morals in question. I love The that. whole time really well. Obviously he created the atomic bomb, but yeah. he didn't see it from a place of like, Creating a weapon of mass destruction. He wanted no. it to basically, it was like survival because he knew if the Nazis ended up doing it first. It would be worse. It would be worse. Which I found that was interesting. It's like the greater good type mm-hmm. um, angle. And then obviously once the two bombs got dropped in Japan, he really kind of like unraveled his like moral objections to this whole thing. And we've got to really have like a control over like atomic weapons. So he was trying to get basically the information transparently across other countries as well, but then the way America and Russia were at the time kind of created that Cold War where he was like speaking against it, which is where the film kind of ends up in the last hour is like they wanted to kind of silence him. I was really, really impressed with it. And I think a lot of people talk on films before they see them. And there's Mm. been a lot of controversy surrounding both Barbie and Oppenheimer in completely different ways. Mm. Um, But I've seen stuff online about Oppenheimer Mm -hmm. And how they go, oh, it didn't talk about the, um, like, Native Americans that were, in, like, you know, using that land. And then also, in, like, uh, New Mexico. Um, the, yeah. you know, New Mexicans, basically, yeah. um, who were displaced. And it's like, yes, we need that commentary. Mm. But there was one, one, one film. There was one line in there. Yeah, but I'm like, make another film on that. People yeah. uh, often want everything in, in everything. And it's like, that doesn't make a good film yeah and this was a story about oppenheimer Robert, it was about the the man yeah yeah so i'm like yeah go and watch the film still have those discussions because yeah. it's super important mm. but don't don't critique or criticize the film for not including it when it wasn't a story about it if it was a story about the whole thing in general and then they excluded that yeah, information that's different yeah then i'd be like yeah okay it yeah. has failed to serve in a way but i don't think it did no i don't think so either I think, yeah, it's yeah. about it's about the man. It's about the man's journey and how he, you know, mm-hmm. went across this time span of his life and how it portrayed how he felt during those times. Yeah. It, that was about him. It was a, he's a central character with a few characters coming off him. So, yeah. yeah. Also, important to note, please, 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 men, grown men, don't bring your nine-year-old daughters to see this film. No. Deeply inappropriate on a number of levels. There's a couple of reasons why. Yeah. But, yeah One, we, it's we, just a war film and... They're they don't need to see through a three-hour war film. They're not going to understand second, the, how densely layered this There's film a little is. bit of sex and nudity, which is perfectly fine in the yeah. film. Not perfectly fine to age group. submit your nine-year-old to. No. No, there was... Yeah. Yep. We, 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 we witnessed two little girls go into the cinema and it kind of... Which we discussed as in, like, obviously they just did a double up yeah. Barbie Oppenheim with probably one of their parents. But um, don't but do the it. The kid's probably not going to love seeing Oppenheimer. Mm-mm. Yeah. And on, on a separate note about kids and parents, I read something hilarious on Twitter this morning. Yeah. Um, so one was like the, the article was quoting was Barbie movie applauded as a feminist epic while depicting men as bumbling villains. And then people of you know, Elon Musk being one wrote predictable. And then some other someone, I don't know, it's a bunch of numbers and letters, mm. um, got this text and this yeah, is the text. Okay. And it goes, oh my goodness, I have to tell you about the movie we just went to see. If you get bored... Look up things about the Barbie movie. I brought my eight-year-old niece to the movie, not thinking anything about it. It's Barbie, a children's toy. So I thought it would be geared towards kids. Absolutely not. It was disgusting. Pretty much a feminist movie with adding in how you can be whatever you want to be. If that's not an attack on children, I don't know what is anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> you missed the point. I love the discourse on the internet. <laughs> Men are dumb. Um, uh, people, yeah. 
Yeah. People shouldn't have opinions. Nah. Um, I just thought it was hilarious and I wanted to share it with everyone. Oh, it's yeah, that's hilarious. I love it. I love the controversy. I knew that, like, I just knew that someone would write that type of comment yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. You, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just leave the it. irony the of ar- that yeah, is Yeah, it's, it's too immense. strong. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think it's just about the time to end our- I think so. Barbenheimer double feature- film um please tell us what you think please tell us if you watched it as a double feature and which one you did first please do yes um i my opinion would be probably oppenheimer first yes then, and then go enjoy barbie as yeah. like a easier watch it lets you calm down if that yeah. makes sense because this is so heightened with anxiety for like three hours yeah. it's um you need to feel joy afterwards yeah. not the other way around don't feel joy and then go get like learn about the atomic bomb yeah that's about That's it. about it. So if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, threads, and TikTok now. At We've Binge got the lists. TikTok. We've got no videos no, up yet, but we have yet. one. We have one. Um, or you can email us at bingelist at box office hits. And um, next week we're going to get into Variety's top 100 films of all time. Yep. So if you want to watch a couple before you can and join us in the conversation, if not, uh, look out for next week. We're going to tell you what's worth watching, what's easy and fun, and then what's like, you know, like a bit harder if you yeah. really want to get into like the nitty gritty history of cinema. But we're going to be all over that next week. That's going to be it. And thank you so much, guys. Thank you.